All right, let's get the show on the road. How is everybody doing this evening? All right. Hi. <laughs> and good. I know we haven't done a podcast in a few weeks, but I thought we'd uh, we get back together a little bit because you know some Tesla news to talk about, and uh, want to kind of revisit because one of our guests uh, who's been on the show recently, back actually in uh, April, is Mr. Mark Benton. So he's joining us again tonight because uh, well, Mark has um, Mark has had an epiphany, <laughs> but we'll get into that a little bit later. We're going to talk about the Cybertruck, anyways. So, yeah, I hope everybody's doing well. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're um, a longtime viewer, welcome back. I hope you guys are subscribing and listening. Uh, we try to do our best to try to be as consistent as possible. However, you know, with the COVID thing going on and factory shutdowns and not a lot of Tesla news, sometimes, you know, summertime's also here. So, taking a little bit of a break. But, you know what? We got some good stuff to talk about here today. Anyways. We have some Tesla news. We're going to get through it fairly quickly because we'll have a really good long conversation with the rest of us here a little bit. Anyways, so the big news that really broke today, Elon making good on his promise to Tesla short sellers. <laughs> and they've introduced, get this, Tesla short shorts. I'm going to bring it up. For those of you who are, uh, who are listening, you'll have to watch our YouTube video here to see the graphics. Anyways, here they are, Tesla short shorts. Nice lady wearing some short shorts. Selling for an exact price of $69 and Four two zero cents. <laughs> how I how ironic. I didn't see the four two zero cents. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Four two zero. So sixty nine four two zero. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, you gotta like Elon and the Tesla team for having such a fun sense of humor. Anyways, the description of these short shorts go on to celebrate summer with Tesla short shorts. Run like the wind. Or entertain like Liberace in your red satin and gold trim design. Relax poolside or lounge indoors year-round with, your, uh, with our limited edition Tesla short shorts featuring our signature Tesla logo in the front with sexy across the back. That's S3XY. Enjoy exceptional comfort from the closing bell. <laughs> um, anyways, apparently these things sold out instantly. So I'm sure. And they will be a collector's items. I tried to buy a set, but it looks like I'm going to have to go with plan B and buy a set of... Uh, Hooters orange shorts for the wife. So, um, yeah. Anyways, it would have been so much funny if you said you were buying them for yourself. Uh, I, well, I was kind of hanging on this. That's right. That. I, I will say, I say cliffhanger. There, there are a number of people on Twitter who are male, and they said that they will sport them. So, uh, yeah, get your eye bleach ready for those. But anyways, they're they're kind of nice. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they're saying they're going to wear them to the shareholders meeting. Oh my gosh! Oh. Wow, that should be interesting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Anything we talk about tonight, links will be in the show and the uh, podcast description so you guys can go and check it out. But uh, anyways, yeah, if you want a pair of shorts, there you go. Not, uh, not cheap for shorts, but, um, you know, if that's your thing, there you go. All right. Let's talk about Tesla vehicle production now. Tesla has announced that their Q2 numbers, uh, surprisingly, which actually surprised everybody. Mind um, blown. Which was incredible. Tesla delivered uh, a total of uh, 90,650 Vehicles. Let me bring up the webpage here. You guys can certainly read this. Here we go. So they actually produced um, 82,272 vehicles. That's combined SX and 3N and Model Y. Um, and they delivered a total of 90,650 vehicles. Um, they go on to say in the investor letter that while our main factory in Fremont was shut down for much of the quarter, we have successfully ramped production back up to prior levels. Uh, they also said that net income and cash flow results will be announced along with the rest of our financial performance when we announce Q2 earnings. So probably a couple of weeks for that. But um, I'm hoping, based on these numbers, uh, if all things go well, that we're going to see another profitable quarter. Uh, these kind of numbers, I, I mean, it is down year over year compared to the same quarter a year ago. 
But then again, we also had a COVID shutdown and so on and so forth. But still really good numbers, actually just as good as Q1. So um, very, very happy about that. So if all things go well, we should see some good numbers on that. So anyways, when they have the financial call, we'll do a podcast and talk about that. But um, I don't know. Any thoughts on this, guys? I mean, considering they were shut down for most of the, actually at least half of the, of the second quarter, being able to ramp up production, deliver that many cars is astounding to me. The number honestly didn't make sense to me. It's like, how the hell did they do that being so short on production weeks? Like, it was just mind blowing when I saw it. Well, the thing is, we don't, well, they don't break down how many they sold in Shanghai or how many they produced and sold in Shanghai. This is like everything. So, I'm, you know, someone could say based on these numbers, well, Shanghai probably floated them for a while. But I mean, what is the production number sitting in, in Shanghai? We really don't know at this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the quality hasn't suffered because, uh, quite honestly, there's been a lot of talk online with the Model Ys, the early ones, because they've probably made some 16,000 of them at this point. Um, there's been a lot of noise about early quality problems with Model Y. Now, Tesla, I mean, any manufacturer has quality problems with first-run cars. Tesla's no exception to this. But I'm seeing a number of Model Ys that uh, they got some issues that, that they have to work out. Now, I, I have full confidence they will work this out, just like Model 3 had early issues and stuff, and now the, you know, the current ones are really good. So, Mark, how, how's your Y uh, been overall? It's, it's the same, a lot of the same issues that you see talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's small stuff. You know, it's nothing uh, major. Um, one of the big ones was me for me was, was the back seats, mm-hmm. uh, the rear seats. Uh, and there's still an issue. Supposedly there's a fix for it now where one of the, the right seat kind of sits up a little bit higher than the two, the middle and the left seat. Uh-huh. Um, and so they say that there's a fix for it to get it level. And, you know, the back seats were all basically gapped i mean there was the back panel was off yeah, and it wouldn't snap in, right? in. That, that carpet stuff yeah. is clipped in yeah right? it wouldn't clip in mm-hmm. and so there was small stuff like that um you know i mean people talk about panel gaps i'm so tired of talking about <laughs> panel gaps like i see them on every car that i've ever mm-hmm. had that i'm just like why is it such a big deal with tesla I, well it's it's a thing it's like a meme right it's like well tesla yeah. panel gaps right every car has but yeah. listen panel gaps exist for a reason they just have right. to be consistent yeah. yeah right yeah so anyways yeah. But. All right. Well, that's uh, we're, we're looking forward to that. I mean, based on this news, too, too, I mean, if you've been paying attention to Tesla shares, my gosh, after this, they closed over $1,200 US, which is just astounding to me. So anyways, and we're like this close. If they post a profit, they're into the S&P 500. So that's that's going to be awesome news. That will really stabilize, I think. However, um, leading up to this, of course, and Elon tweeting about this stuff, I mean, of course, all of the haters started coming out. Holy mackerel. Um, I mean, it's pretty vicious normally, but this was especially bad. Um, even myself, I tweeted out the numbers, just, just saying, here are the numbers and boy, the hate, (laughs) I couldn't believe it, uh, from people I don't even follow and people who don't even follow me. So obviously if you tag Elon Musk on something, people are watching for that and boy, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just like flies through the proverbial It's just pure desperation on the Mm -hmm. Tesla Q side now. They got nothing left. It's just, yeah. Well, there's also the apologist who it doesn't matter even if you give honest feedback or criticism about Elon or something else that's tied to him. And then the the argument defenders come out en masse and also then attack the people who are supposedly going after Elon. Like, you're allowed to have opinions. It's okay if we disagree. But when you start doing ad hominem attacks, you both look bad. It doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on. 
So yeah. if you're defending Elon, defend Elon, but then don't attack the person who you believe is attacking Elon because then you look just as bad. Yeah, I, I really don't get into those arguments. I, I think it's pathetic, but whatever. It is what it is. So all you have to do is just hold your head up high and, uh, you know, Elon's a big boy. He can take care of himself. 36 million followers. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> 37 million. 37 million. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> All right, moving along here with some Tesla news. Next story comes from our friends at Tesserati. The shareholder meeting is actually going to be held on September 15th, and they're going to bundle it with the battery day, so to speak. Um, and it's going to be held at the Fremont factory. Now, the reason they're bundling this together, obviously because of delays, is because he wants to do a hands-on thing uh, about this new battery day thing that they've got going on. And there were some images taken uh, at uh, Tesla's Cato Road facility, um, which is literally just around the corner from the Fremont factory. Um, Tesla had filed for some paperwork at, actually at Fre um, in the uh, Fremont City Council, I think it was. Um, where they wanted to build a pilot line for this battery factory, as well as adding a second floor. So anyways, there's some pictures here, uh, courtesy of our friends at, uh, at Tesla Roddy. Anyways, the project is internally called Roadrunner, and this is Tesla's pilot facility to build uh, their own cells. Now, this is based on new chemistry, new techniques, and all this other stuff. So that's part of battery day. So it's more than just about a million-mile battery. It's this manufacturing capability and stuff. So... Yeah, Project Roadrunner, that's what it's called. So uh, if you guys have been uh, uh, longtime fans of the uh, Roadrunner cartoons here from uh, Looney Tunes, you'll understand the, uh, the <laughs> reference. <laughs> so uh, yeah, looking forward to that. If anybody's going to the shareholder meeting, you can expect to have a tour of the Cater Road facility. They might hold it in the parking lot. It's a fair size out there. Hopefully it's not going to be too hot in September uh, to watch that. I'm really looking forward to this. So yeah, Elon's pretty... Um, pretty hands-on about this whole thing because there's more to see so uh the scuttlebutt going around is that um this roadrunner project with these new cells new chemistry is really slated for at least at, at least for the beginning the plaid powertrain model s and x mm -hmm. those are the first ones to come and then of course any of that technology will full, uh, will end up in the other cars namely the roadster i would suspect the cybertruck as well so I think uh, I think they're probably going to show. I mean, September. Now we're getting close to the end of the year at that point, third quarter. So maybe Tesla might uh, pull the veil off and say, "Here's the new Model S." We'll see. I will. I will tell you though, just based on uh, current numbers we're seeing in states like Arizona, Florida, Texas, and California, it would not surprise me if the plans they have now for those tours completely changes. Oh um, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's uh, that that's a best case scenario where you have a lot of those folks in Fremont, in the facility, uh, to be able to partake in that ex exercise. I don't know if that's actually going to materialize because we're talking about two months from now when that might happen. Uh, and that that could be very well too soon uh, to hope that it happens. So I hope for everyone around the world that it, that's not going to be as bad. But um, all indications are now that that's probably not going to happen that way. So we'll see. I mean, we're talking eight, 10 weeks before this, this materializes. But indications are right now that based on the numbers I don't, I don't see how they could do that safely yeah well we'll keep an eye on that but that's the tentative date at this point so hopefully mm -hmm. they hold true to it and they do it in a safe manner i mean look they have lots of experience with this stuff so anyways anybody going to the shareholder meeting please be safe uh, wear a mask do your usual things do your due diligence all right uh, next story is again from our friends at tesserati mr elon musk on a um went on <laughs> on a trip he actually went to visit um, the Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, proposed facility uh, where they're going to build, well, 
they're purportedly supposed to be building this this factory. Of course, you know everybody, all the eyes have been on Austin, Texas. But anyways, um, basically, they say in the article on Friday afternoon, CEO Elon Musk and Director of Policy and Government Affairs Craig Hulse landed in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for a meeting with local officials. And they say that in a statement to local news agency Tulsa, Tulsa World, Copeland noted that the meeting involved showing Elon Musk the plan for the potential Cybertruck Gigafactory site, as well as discussions about the locations, utilities, and access to the downtown. So we kind of talked about this very quickly before we began on the show. I mean, if Tulsa is going to invite Elon to come and look at this huge tracts of land that you can buy, um, Elon pretty much has to show, show up for this. Because if he says no, then it's just like, well, it's game over, right? Um, Austin has won. So I think in this case, I mean, either way, they need another factory. We know this. But I, I still think Elon's heart is really still in Texas at this point. But they also go along and say that, um, I'll bring up here the article so that you guys watching YouTube can see here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Copeland, for his part, noted that even if uh, Tulsa loses to Austin this time around, it doesn't mean that Tesla will never establish a presence in the city. It's especially notable considering that Tesla would likely need additional sites for upcoming projects like the semis production ramp and expansion of its energy products. So even though that they could potentially still build in Texas, uh, all is not lost. I mean, if they need other facilities, why not? I mean, if they're going to give them all kinds of incentives and some land or whatever the case may be, who's to say no, right? Got to keep your options open. Yeah, I will say though that there there is this. I want to I want to be very judicious in how I explain this. So there certainly is a good PR opportunity for him being present in person in Tulsa. Um, but I know that in 2020, with site reviews, with surveys, with uh, uh, satellite photography, there's all sorts of ways you can survey a land site without having to be there in person. Um, if people can buy cars online, they can buy homes online, you can sort of look at land plots online. Uh, so him being there, I think, is more of a PR move than anything. Uh, maybe it is a smokescreen by and large, as, as some of you guys are suggesting. But I but I don't think he had to be there. Uh, to If he was very serious about perhaps having, you know, either Austin or Tulsa as the final two cities for the next factory, um, he doesn't have to actually be there in person to kind of get the idea uh, that all that stuff can be done through virtual presentations, through, uh, you know, emails, attachments, that sort of thing. Um, so I, I don't know. He had to be there, uh, especially in this environment where travel is not necessary. Um, but like I said, that's why I think it's more of a PR move than anything else. Well, he could always send a delegation, but I don't know. I just get the idea that Elon, I mean, if you've been following along enough, you know that he's pretty much a hands-on guy. I mean, sleeps at the factory, works at the factory. Mm -hmm. Builds cars, he's on the line whenever he can. I mean, not every day, mind you, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I, it just seems to me that uh, it, it could be a PR move, but I think this is typical Elon. Get on a plane and go check out the site for yourself. Yeah, I think I think since he showed up, I, I think that there is interest there. I I don't think I mean. Well, they'd be foolish not to look at least. Right. I, yeah. I just I, I don't think that he would waste his time. Well. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, now, this is Elon we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if they wanted him there in person to do like kind of a, a last minute pitch, like to really ramp it up to sweeten the pot mm -hmm. somehow. They wanted to do it one on one, you know, and well, like, okay, here's they, what we're going to do. Or maybe they, to see if he was interested. Like yeah. maybe they threw it out there like, oh, okay, if he doesn't show up, then. 
we know we're out True. or whatever. It's a way to validate whether or not, you know, they're going to put a lot of resources into this. Well, you got to yeah. put on a little dog and pony show. I mean, they set up a tent and they had snacks and water, so. <laughs> I mean, that's I, enough to get me to go somewhere. <laughs> if they don't do it this time around, I hope, you know, Oklahoma and that region at some point gets gets its own factory. I'd love to see the middle of the country get a little love. I mean, it's it's tough out there. There's not a lot of industries located in the middle of America. And, you know, they. I'm sure there's a lot of talent out there and they could benefit from it. Mm-hmm. I would I would rather if they're if they're gonna go Austin, say for this next go round, um, you can't go to Tulsa next. You I would say go to Detroit. Go go you think where it's too close? To me, go where General Motors has it. a I, yeah. I would say spread it out, go to the Midwest, go to the go to the north. Listen, if there's a if there's a section of the country that could seriously use a massive influx yeah. from what Tesla could offer, it's a state like Michigan. Um, there's a lot of blue collar workers in that state. Um, that would benefit. We know Detroit has been basically strangled a number of times by General Motors uh, with their issues that have had their plants. I mean, there's a number, again, there's a number of areas in Michigan that could certainly benefit. Um, obviously, Flint is one of the first ones that come to mind because we, we've seen the Roger Me documentary with Michael Moore many years ago back in the 80s. So this has been a long-standing issue with the residents in Flint, Michigan. But if you if you go Michigan, if if Austin is a sure thing, let's say let's just on that pretext, it's a sure thing. You have to go to the north. You, you got to go to the north, Midwest, just the Midwest, go up there, up to Michigan and, and build your next factory there. That way you have basically had the western part of the country in California. You got the, the south in Texas. You then go to the Midwest in Michigan. And then and then, of course, you got your factory out in Buffalo. So you at least you got sort of like these four regions of the country spread out between uh, different factions of what Tesla does. I know a lot of us in Canada would love to see them set up a factory over here. We yeah. have every manufacturer mm-hmm. has a plant in, in Southern Ontario. Matter of fact, most of the pickup trucks sent to the U.S. are built just well, down the road Detroit, here. Detroit being such an, uh, a world center of automotive expertise, it makes mm-hmm. a huge amount of sense. But the very fact that it's never seemed to be seriously discussed makes me think that the the political ramp, the, the climb they'd have to make there is really, really steep. You have to think that the entire ecosystem there is built around the big three. Oh, and yeah, they would is. do everything to keep them out, you know, they would because they'd literally be sucking the talent out of those three companies or at least certainly trying to, you know, that would obviously be a threat to them, you know, and they'd be right there in their own home turf. So. I think they would be extremely hostile to it, and I have to think that there's a lot of connections between those three companies. You also you know, know the UAW would be all over that, too. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, and, and the problem is shame on them if they really take that tact, because the reality is you've screwed over the workers in that state over and over again a number of times. What allegiance do they have to you? Because, yeah. I mean, look, we, we knew, like, the carrier plant, for example— uh, you know, the presidential administration had said uh, early into their presidency that they're going to you know, secure the jobs and not have carrier layoff people. Well, whatever promises were made ended up not materializing. And so carrier had to lay off people. So there's a number of workers and a number of companies in the state of Michigan that would benefit from what Tesla could provide them, regardless of what capacity that that factory may be for, whether it's for additional solar or if it's for battery production, if it's for anything else. If it's automotive, great. But even if Tesla says we're going to make another product there that isn't automotive, would that deter the other automakers from saying, well, no, they can't come here? When ideally, if the main focus is we're trying to bring jobs to a state that could really use the influx and yeah. use the benefit in the economy to me it's just a matter of simple arithmetic and if the other companies are willing to sort of put a stopgap through lobbyists or other means then to me the, the pressure should be on those companies to sort of relax that behavior and allow tesla to come in because of what they can do 
Well, we know that GM has played dirty with Tesla for many, many years, so yeah. who knows what they're doing behind the scenes, but um, yeah. All right, well, we'll see what transpires. I mean, getting down to the wire, if they're going to build another factory, they better get hustling pretty soon, so I think, um, yeah, they got to announce something, so... Maybe as late as the um, as the shareholder meeting, but I was kind of hoping by July they would have announced something, and here mm-hmm. we are. Well, I mean, months just barely started, so maybe there's hope for that. So, All right, uh, last story before we get into uh, the main topic tonight, and this is kind of a bit of a segue. Uh, Michael Hodges <clears throat> on Twitter um, actually asked Elon, and says, can you bring a Cybertruck to the East Coast? We need a glimpse. And I've said this many times before. I think it's a little unfair sometimes that Tesla does everything in California and East Coast doesn't get any love as far as seeing new products. Anyways, Elon replied and he says, sure, we will aim to do a cross-country drive with the Cybertruck later this year. Now, of course, Elon time and COVID. (laughs) Keep that in mind. So um, what do you guys think? Um, I I would totally see this. Of course, our borders are completely closed at this point. So there is no traveling between... Uh, the two countries, but I think um, if they make do on this and and put it on display, much like they did at the Peterson Museum, which we'll talk about here in a second, um, I think they get a lot of people to come out and take a look at this thing for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I'll I'll stay home. <laughs> <laughs> take it to New York it's City, mostly for COVID. Just yeah, that's <laughs> it. COVID. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. I think it would be a good PR move for uh, on their part. I mean, being able to take it across the country, I mean, show that it's actually supercharging. I mean, unless, well, unless they put it, well, who knows, right? Take it across country. Does that mean you're actually going to drive it or you're going to put it on a flat? Ah, well, who knows? Am I crazy or did I see go a story float by recently that, uh, you know, they've always talked about doing the full FSD run. Oh, that whole thing it, again. Like, it can be completely driverless coast to coast. Isn't the story now that they're going to do that with the Cybertruck? Isn't that not that I'm aware of that hasn't been tied in with any of that stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not out of the question because FSD, I mean, has been shown to be getting better, whether it's actually capable of doing the run right now. I mean, they've said many times before they could totally game the system Mm -hmm. and and do it. But I don't think they want to game the system. If they're going to show FSD doing a a real run, they want to make sure that it can do it on its own merits and not have to cheat. I don't know. I I just thought that Ian Allen had replied because somebody came back and said, hey, remember back in 2016 when you said you're going to be able to drive across the country in two years or something like that? I would have to look through the thread. I'm sure some people brought it up again. And I I may be crazy on this one, but I thought there was a reply in there. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to, now we're going to do it with the Cybertruck. Well, I don't have enough time to go through myriads of 10,000 responses to Elon here, but. uh... Well, here's an interesting point. If they were going to do a cross-country run in the Cybertruck, so this might be a segue, but on the Cybertruck, the tires, you guys have seen on Twitter that I've posted many times trying to get Elon to I saw that, respond yeah. about the, the tires and what's going to come on the on the truck stock. Well, those tires are basically, say, not for highway use. Right. So if well, they're, they're going to sure. ride that, yeah, they've got to change the tires. Or are they coming up with something else? Are they going to put road tires on it to drive it across the country? Or it'll be interesting to see that. I have a theory about this, and I am 99% certain that that is not going to be the production tire. I think it was basically put it on there to give it the bad boy attitude. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be astonishing to me. Two reasons for it. Uh, 95% of the use cases for this truck are going to be mostly on the road, because I don't care how big, bad, an off-road package you have on your truck. Most people drive them on the road. 
And the one thing I am hoping they're going to do, because I know a lot of people do like the look of those tires and do want to do some serious off-roading with the truck, and it should be impressive. So I'm hoping they're going to offer an off-road package. That would be the logical thing to do. It could either be as one of the trims that comes with that particular setup, or you go to the Tesla shop, just like we've seen, you know, like with the zero G wheels and the track pack, whatever. Consider this mm -hmm. a track pack for the, you know, the uh, not the, the off-road pack, package. you know, mm -hmm. the off exactly. Package. They're, they're off-road pack for the Cybertruck. So my theory is that's what it's going to be. But, well, but most of the prototypes they show, I, I, I think I agree with you, Ian, but they also, when they show the truck, mm -hmm. They show it with those yep. tires. To me, it would be re really unlike Tesla to show those tires and then not that not be the truck. Well, they did that with the Model 3 Alpha cars. Remember, they had that beautiful uh, staggered 20-inch uh, setup with the 10-inch rear tires, the big 275s. And, I mean, we were all salivating. I certainly was. It's like, wow, yeah. look at the staggered yeah. setup on it. And it made, yeah. it, as, it made it as far as the first printing of the instruction manual. They actually showed the staggered yeah. sizing in the owner's manual. And uh, they were never to be seen from again. And then strangely, a bunch of them showed up on eBay. They must have been probably the first cast sets of prototypes or something. Mm -hmm. And that was the end of them. So it's not unlike Tesla to kind mm -hmm. of follow it down a road and change their mind. But I'll tell you, from an efficiency standpoint, these things would <laughs> murder range. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's no way they're going to get those quoted range. I don't care. Well, I know. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not anti, you know, that, that Goodyear MT tire on there is a fantastic tire. So, I mean, for people that want to use it uh, for that purpose or like the look of it, I'm not dissing it. It's, it's an excellent tire for what it does. But I don't think it's going to be suitable for the average use of the truck and i don't think they're going to get the range performance that they want to quote because they're going for some killer range numbers here yeah absolutely right. we can yeah we've talked about this before matter of fact we've talked about this extensively on the last time we had mark benton on the show which was episode 77 called benton out of shape and <laughs> and, and that's the kind of the purpose why i wanted mark back onto the show here today because it's been a few months and um if you haven't been paying attention, Tesla put the Cybertruck on display for, well, almost two weeks. It was supposed to be there for a week, but they extended a little bit because of popularity at the Peterson Automotive Museum in L.A. Now, I had a chance to visit it a couple years ago uh, when I was in um, uh, at L.A. I, was it the Cybertruck event? No, it was the Model Y event. So uh, Brad and I decided to take a little time, and, and uh, we took an Uber and went up. And I was very glad, because if you've never seen this museum before, oh my god, they got the coolest stuff. And if you can, spend the extra money and take a tour of the vault, because they got some really cool stuff in the vault. Anyways, so the showcase of this thing was really the Cybertruck. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, um, Ian and I both went to the Cybertruck event. Um, Eric couldn't. Um, Mark was supposed to but mark you fell ill right you got a bad cold or something right yeah yeah, yeah. that's what it was yeah and i was in nashville and i had to i was in nashville at the time and i was gonna have to fly and i was gonna fly just that night fly and then fly home yeah but i felt terrible yeah exactly <laughs> so mark unfortunately couldn't make it to the Cybertruck event but lo and behold you decided to get some tickets and drive down to go and check out the Cybertruck. now for those of you who may not follow Mark on Twitter, when the Cybertruck was announced, Mark basically became the de facto Cybertruck hater in the Tesla community. And for good reasons. I mean, he has his, he has his reasons. And Mark, you went to the Peterson Museum to, talk, to, to, take actually, to take a look at the Cybertruck in person because you missed the reveal event. And I guess you've had an epiphany. 
<laughs> so I, we talked about this on the on the episode. You you hated the Cybertruck, and you gave your reasons, which were completely valid. Um, yeah, actually, I'd like to hear Mike uh, Mark recap them and then bring us to exactly. Yeah. All right, yeah. because Mark, remember, Mark had not seen the Cybertruck in person. He saw the pictures. So, right. Mark, I want you to explain your mental process of getting the tickets, going to see it, and what happened. So, you have the floor, my friend. Take okay. Okay. So, as some of you know, uh, like I said, I just, I did not, to me, the Cybertruck was very, and I think we talked about this on the last episode uh, that I was on, the, the Cybertruck was such a departure for what Tesla usually does. They make sexy cars right? They make good looking cars. And to me, I did not think that it was going to, and you realize I'm coming from a background of owning trucks. Um, uh, I've had Dodge Rams. I've had three Dodge Rams before. Um, I've had several different trucks, the GMC Sierra. And, and in my mind, um, a truck is a certain vehicle, right? And so to me, I could never associate the cyber truck because it's called a cyber truck, I could never associate it as a truck. To me, it just, I, I don't know, it just looked too weird, right? It didn't look like a traditional truck to me. And it still doesn't um, to me. <laughs> um, but I think what happened was, is when I was, when I got the tickets for our 20-year-old son and my 10-year-old son were the ones that kind of convinced us to, to get the tickets. Uh, they love it, of course. Everybody under probably 20 loves the cyber truck. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were like, let's go down there. Look, they've always wanted me. They, they think it's funny and laugh that I hated it and all that kind of stuff. They love it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go down there. And I, I went down there thinking it's going to back up everything that I already think. Right. I thought that I was going to go down there and think this thing is terrible looking. Like it's hideous. It's, I mean, there's, it's not sexy. It's nothing like I just, but, um, so I, I was kind of even going in with a, with a bad attitude. Um, but, you know, it's fun for the kids and whatever. And I love Tesla. So, you know, it was cool to see. And the other, they had a prototype Model S there and other stuff that I was going for also. So um, I walk in the door and it's in the, it's in the lobby area. Yeah. And literally the first thing that I thought was, this thing looks like a freaking tank. Like it looks like a armored vehicle. Like it looks, yeah. it looks, um, no, I, I went to your Twitter feed, Mark, and I grabbed some of the pictures that you posted. So you keep talking. Okay. Uh, I'll okay. put these up here for the viewers who are watching on YouTube. Listen, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you very much. Uh, if you want to see what we're talking about, please go to the YouTube channel and check out the episode, but Mark, keep going. Okay. <laughs> so I walk in and, and the first thing I think is, cause I, when you walk in, the front is facing you. Yep. that angle I always liked, yeah. like the front never bothered me really. So I walked in and I was like, that thing looks killer. Like <laughs> it looks mean. It looks very menacing. Mm. And I'm like, what is going on in my brain right now? <laughs> like I, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to think. I looked at my son and I'm like, actually it looks really cool. Like it's hard to explain it until you see it in person. Like the pictures can yes. only do it so much justice. Exactly. But when you see the, when you see the metal, and the yeah. way that the it, the way that it's polished and all, and there were some swirl marks by the way in the metal. Yeah. But it just the way that it looked, I was like, this thing looks like a. It looks like what Elon said, an armored personnel carrier. That's mm -hmm. what it. So 
when I found, when I started processing, I'm like, okay, I like this. I went around the back <laughs> and you might want to show some back pictures here. I went around the back and I'm like, eh. yeah, the back uh, on the cyber truck. And I think most people would agree, depending on the angle you look at it, it just, it throws you off because nobody's yeah. used to seeing a pickup truck with that flat of a surface. And not only that, but bent backwards, like tilting yeah. out. Yeah. It's that, built back it and, and the side kind of come down. The yeah. sides come down like this, and the, the back is kind of bent. At, and I was just like, <sighs> and then I kept walking. I, I probably spent an hour just mm -hmm. looking at the Cybertruck. I mean, just mm -hmm. walking around it, looking underneath it. And then um, I saw the vault, pay attention to the vault. And then it clicked to me. And I was like, I, I know the problem that I've had with this vehicle the whole time is it's not a pickup truck. It's not a truck. Like, I'm comparing it to trucks like my Dodge Ram and it's not a truck. It's a utility vehicle. That's right. It's a bad killer looking utility vehicle. So as soon as I had that epiphany is I, I owned an H1, um, I'm sorry, an H2 SUT, the yeah. Hummer S, uh, SUT, which is like their truck. Mm -hmm. Nobody called the Hummer SUT a truck. Okay. In not, general. Not a pickup, yeah. No, yeah. not a pickup truck. It was just like this killer looking, menacing looking, you know, it's square, but it was kind of awkward too. But to me, with 35 inch tires on it, it I loved it. It's very manly, right? It's the manliest so, truck ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. And I was like, and that's exactly what I was like. You know what? This reminds me, the Hummer wasn't a beautiful car. No. Well, neither is the Cybertruck. It's just mean looking. Like it's, you want to run over stuff with it. <laughs> That's, you know? I, I, I think that's what I said on the <laughs> last show. It, it's, it's beautiful, like the same same way an M1 Abrams is. You know, it's like that's not yeah. a beautiful, not a pretty object, but man, it just overwhelms you. That's exactly what happened. Is like when I started at equate when I started equating it to the the Hummer, and in that way, instead of and now you see on Twitter, I'm always calling it a Tesla utility vehicle. I'm not calling it the Cybertruck because to me, Cybertruck. I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, whatever. It's kind of geeky and gooberish to me but whatever you know that's the elon nerd side of where i'm a nerd too but it's just that's why i used to always call it the nerd mobile and you know all those kind of things on twitter and i meant it i felt like it was very just elon wanted to make this funky crazy looking thing um but in my head once i got around the fact that um that the back was kind of awkward um i went and i i came home and I pulled up some pictures, and I even posted some of them on Twitter. I posted the rear end of my my pickup truck, my Ram that I have now. And I was like, it's not exactly flattering either. Like, it's flat. You know, it's, just, it's not exactly, you know, I was like, okay, well, yeah, that's not the best angle of, of a regular pickup truck either. You know, the front angle, that corner side angle is a really nice looking angle. So I think through that, I just... I don't know. I just um, felt like I, I, I put it in a different category. Mm -hmm. And when I could put it in that different category and, and not compare it to other pickup trucks, I, I thought, you know, I want one. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta have one. Like, it was the weirdest thing that I'm, I'm, the next day my 20-year-old son comes up and he goes, you're going to buy it, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm buying it. Yeah, <laughs> there's Eric. <Harry's out. laughs> well, that's that's the thing, though. It's like that really happens when you see it in real life. That's why so many of us who went to the reveal. 
got our heads blown off when we saw it appear on stage. It's like, okay, there's something else coming, right? Because this can't possibly be it. And by the end of the night, after you'd watched it go around and do loops in front of you for four hours, you were in love with it because it just looks so badass. It's Without seeing it in person, it's hard to see. So I'm dying 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 for the moment that eric gets to see it in person yeah. to see if it changes your <laughs> and, mind and, and, I, and na- yeah you're absolutely right no Mar- marcus <laughs> okay. nailed- I <laughs> hey i said the same thing eric yeah no, listen, i'm I, the reason why i look as young as i do because my head hasn't been blown off that many times now listen <laughs> first of all the mistake they made was calling us the cyber truck instead of the cyber funk because then their cars would be sexy as funk um <laughs> oh, and we have yeah. a show title now, yeah. now, uh, here, here's what I'm saying about the Cybertruck. Now, I, I'm with you, Mark, on the name. Um, the, the moniker can throw you off because if you correlate what you know trucks today to be looking like, and then you see the Cybertruck, you go, well, those are not the same species. Those are not the same type of vehicle. But that being said, even the semi, if you look at that just as the cab without any other, you know, there's no trailer on the back, just as a cab, while the front end, because of the aerodynamics, it comes down very sharply, you would see that and go, well, that's got to be, that's probably for hauling cargo. That's a semi-truck. That's, that's obviously what you use for an 18-wheeler. If you see the Cybertruck, someone's going to go, what the hell is that for? Like, is that a military vehicle? Like, what exactly is that? And the Hummer, to me, like the Jeep, those those are those are military vehicles. That's, that's how I've always perceived them. But they were made for the American consumer, you know, to basically, you know, burn gas at four inches a gallon or whatever it is. <laughs> so there is there is a certain stature, I think, that comes with owning the Cybertruck. Uh, I, I, I will never... This listen, America, the world. I'm telling you right now in this podcast, I don't care what episode this is, cut this snippet, record it for perpetuity until the day that I die. I am never going to like the Cybertruck. <laughs> um, it is for a niche audience, and I am not that audience. Well, I never and that's have perfectly been. fine. That's, yeah, that's you know, fine. and and yeah. so so yeah. I'm glad Mark's had his epiphany. Um, you know, I'm sure if but he had Mark's two daughters, if Mark had two daughters instead yeah. of two sons, he might have the same stance today. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think though, that for the various things that they did the, at the demonstration, when they first showed like what the, I mean, to drive an ATV up the back of the truck onto the, and just and park it like for some people go, well, that's fantastic. Right. Cause like I have fishing gear, I've got all kinds of camping gear stuff like that's just going to be fantastic. So people who use vehicles for that purpose, um, are certainly going to love this. Um, I'm not the outdoorsy kind of guy. I've never been a truck kind of guy. Um, I think it is one of the most hideous things I've ever seen. And I've seen the avalanche. So I've seen, I've seen, uh, listen, and you tell me, tell me now that that does not look like an avalanche in, in, you know, just with a cooler exterior. Okay. It is, it is by and large, the interior cabin, I think is great. It, it, it's very yeah. Tesla-esque there, but yeah. the exterior, you could dress it up however you want to. You could you could wrap it in whatever weird designs you want. I know some of our friends are attending on wrapping theirs. The hell with that. That is just not my, <laughs> it's not my cup of tea and that's fine. And that's totally fine, but I will never pull a Mark Benton. Fine Lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. 
Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. We're going to call it. I'm never, never going to pull a Benton and bend around the corner and all of a sudden change my mind on this. Now, Mark, well, I, no, I noticed that you went and grabbed the Cybertruck AR app and you were playing around with it, putting it beside your <laughs> your Ram in your driveway. Um, are you leaning towards the black color? Is that, is that, is that kind of suiting your fancy rather yeah, than the I'm stainless? Gonna tell you, I'm not going to tell everybody that. Okay. All like right. A, just checking. No. Well, I've, got, I've, got, I've got plans. You've got plans. That we all have but, plans. But that is definitely a sneak peek. Okay. So... We have to see once we get them. I mean, I, I don't know what we can do. As you guys know, I like to customize my cars, mm -hmm. and no. I, I don't know what we can. <laughs> I don't know what we can do. You know, so it's hard to say right now. But it, it's funny though because, you know, I I actually went back and watched our, our episode the last time I we had you on. We we actually talked. Um, quite a bit about the accessories market because this vehicle, and I think Mark, you understand it now. It's not a pickup. Mm -hmm. It's right. more than this. It's really it's an activity vehicle. It's a whole bunch of things. So the market on this vehicle needs to have almost like a ready-made accessories, a bunch of things. Like they they showed the kitchen, they showed the camper thing. Um, I mean, they, they need to have some things kind of ready to go to hit the road, kind of running with this vehicle. Now, hopefully, they won't wait as long as they did like the model three and bring it like things like roof racks for crying out loud. I mean, that just took way too long and things like tow hitches and all that crap, but there needs to be a market and there will be a market of, for accessories on this vehicle from third parties, but those vehicles have to get into hand. So I'm thinking Tesla really needs to hit the road running with some of these things that they've been hinting at uh, when they get going on it. Um, speaking of which, I actually went on Twitter here and because it reminded me of a tweet that I saw from one of our uh, our friends here, uh, uh, Whole Mars, who is uh, friends with um, Elon, and he actually tweeted some pictures, and I'll put I'll put them up here. I'll have to send them to you guys privately because you can't see what I'm doing here, but. Um, Apparently, according to his tweet, he says, Franz has said this car inspired him when he was designing the Cybertruck. This vehicle was also on display at the Peterson Museum. I'll bring some pictures up here for you guys on YouTube. I saw it. Yeah, saw it, it, it looks like something straight out of uh, Blade Runner. It's very angular. Uh, and when you see these images, you'll understand immediately that, yeah, this is this is where the Cybertruck came from. And here's a picture of the rear end. You can see that, you know, the taillight is very, you know, flat and stuff. So anyways, I'll, I, I'll, I'll put links to uh, to the um, to the tweet in question. Was you guys it can actually look at it. Was it a I think it might have been the the Countach? No, the, uh, no, no. no. It's it? this 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 very angular uh, wedge yeah, looking. But so over in the corner, um, when, when you go into that area of the Peterson, okay. uh, that, that that car was out in the middle. Over to the side, there was a progression showing how they're going to get to that point, okay. to what that looked like. I wish I'd have got a picture of it. Yeah. Um, I'll look and see if I There's only about three going. images in here, unfortunately. I, I mean, to me, the Cybertruck is if Elon and John DeLorean had a kid. That's the Cybertruck. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to think of it as an armored personnel carrier and a UFO had a baby. Yep. That's to me what it looks like. And when, I, when I think of it that way, I like it. I think yeah. that looks great. And and people, I mean, some of my friends are now, you know, obviously joking because I've told some of them that mm. I'm going to buy it. And people that traditional truck guys that hate it, they're like, oh, that thing is ugly. And I'm like, you know, it, it is kind of ugly. Like the rear end, it's, it is ugly. You know what? I don't care. Like, I just don't care but, anymore. But, but remember, much like you, Mark, they haven't seen it in person. Right. Right. right and yeah. Tesla vehicles Tesla vehicles have this weird thing where it doesn't 
it doesn't translate into pictures for some reason. Like, yeah. you know, when we first saw the Model 3, we saw their cars and we're like, uh, I don't know. But when you see the vehicle in person, you get a chance to see the shadow lines and the shapes. It changes. It changes. I and, just, the cyber, I don't, and the Cybertruck is very much like that in its own respect. I'm not saying, I'm not calling it beautiful, right? Nobody's going to call that car beautiful. But, and, and I'll say this again, and I've said this many times before, that when you're dropping a vehicle of this type onto a market that's absolutely saturated by the main three, where all their vehicles basically, Sandy Monroe showed all three of them, you can't really tell them apart if you take the badges off. You have to do something radically different. To I mean, yeah, you. I mean, Tesla could have designed a regular-looking pickup truck, and oh, okay, yeah, we do the Model Three treatment on the dash, and um, yeah, we call it a day. But they didn't. They just dropped something completely and utterly different on the market, and look where it's landed them. I mean, the most reservations of anything. I mean, it's the most anticipated vehicle of its type to come along in a long time. And the thing is, we haven't even seen all of the features of what the Cybertruck's going to be able to do. There's a lot of stuff that we've been told that they're working on behind the scenes um, that haven't been revealed yet. Tesla's like that. They show a vehicle, and, you know, the presentation was 15 minutes. I mean, you see other car... I mean, look at the Mach-E when Ford... I mean, they had dancers. They had. They went crazy with this thing, and the presentation was like an hour and a half long and talking to engineers, and it's like Tesla's like, oh, here it is, 15 minutes, go for a ride. We'll talk about it when <laughs> I, we're I feel ready, like- right? I feel like they just created a new category, and that's what I've kept. Yeah. I kept saying that on Twitter. I feel like it's a new category of vehicle that I, n- they don't have any competition. And I, mean, I think that's out of necessity because, like I said, if you're going into a market that's dominated, you can't just be like everybody else. You can't just drop another pickup on the market and say, "Here you go," because it'll sink. It'll not. I mean, despite the fact that it's electric, it's not good enough. Look at what Rivian did. Rivian is positioning their RT1 as an activity vehicle. They're not calling it a pickup. They're calling it an activity vehicle, and it has some very nice features. Now, it's very traditional looking, on a, you know, I mean, other than the headlights, but that's just nor here nor there. But they're going after an established market where they don't want to rock the boat too much. They're making it all electric, and I think it's going to do exceptionally well for that market segment. The Cybertruck is is not a pickup. It's it's an all round activity vehicle from the future. The two, so my comments to your two points you just made now. Number one is I think the number of reservation holders is going to, it's really a, a misconception of the actual interest in the Cybertruck, right? We Putting didn't $100, talk about that on the last show because right, so we made a point because of the reservation right. number, uh, so, or the res- so, reservation price. Yes. Right. So I think for a lot of people, you know, who look at, well, what kind of reservations are, right? But $100 on the car, it's like, it's like we talked on the show recently about like putting $0 down just to get your name on a reservation list means nothing, right? It, until monies are actually being paid for down yes, payments, absolutely. $100 is nothing. Um, so, so I think the interest is honestly feigned solely based on $100 reservation holders. But that being said, the Rivian can call it whatever they want to call it. Naming these vehicles, it doesn't matter. Cybertruck could have been any other kind of name. Uh, I think Mark's naming for it is probably more in line with what it actually turns out to be versus what the name is. It's like naming your kid. Like, oh, that looks like a Ralphie. Like, what are you talking about? What, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, we're just, we're just, it's just a name. Yeah. Um, you can rename it all you want to. I mean, people change their names all the time. It's not like it's a big news story. Um, but I think the... If, if we, we saw all the different renderings that people suspected the truck could look like from leaks that were 
proven to be not real leaks uh, between came between, <laughs> between hopeful ideas of what it looked like. I mean, look, we we've seen Model S is basically cut and molded into looking like a pickup truck, right? There was a a famous YouTuber who did that. So so to me, if that had been the step up, because we know that semi, as different as it is from any other kind of semi truck you see out there. The fact that they designed it in a way where it's like this sucker is going to blow your mind, truckers, in terms of what it can do, that attracts the market. Because if a large truck hauling company buys a bunch of the semi trucks, the drivers are going to be like, you know, trying to get on the list going, let me be one of the first to drive this because it just sounds incredible. To me, the Cybertruck, if they had done something instead of that or in line with that, if they if the Cybertruck had been the and one more thing vehicle and they had done a sort of Rivian style, you know, sort of that appeases to that mass market that Marcus talked about, then you could have had both, right? You could have really niched the market. To me, to, for GM and all, you, you, yeah, you can sort of say that they're known for their trucks and, they're, and that's really what they promote now. Ford basically scrapped all sedans except for um, the Mustang. If Tesla had given them a run for their money because they have a truck that has these incredible statistics in terms of their hauling capacity, battery uh, mileage, the whole entire thing. If essentially some of the metrics you've seen for Cybertruck, if that was just in a in a pickup esque looking vehicle, there'd be a lot of people going, "Hey, I'm all for that. I'd love to not pay, you know, two something per gallon of gas, but have to get you know only 16 miles per gallon. I'd like to be able to just be able to get in my truck and go 400 miles, no problem." hauling a 22 foot boat right behind me. That'd be great. That would appeal to a different market. I wish they had done that. Maybe they still could do that. Um, I think they, I just don't, I don't know. I don't think the Cybertruck's going to sell as well as we hope it would. Um, I, I don't know globally. I think really this is more of a North American car than is anything else. Cause America, <laughs> Americans like having these big powerful cars. Um, but yeah, I, I think when when it comes to the end of everything, when all the reservation holders are given the chance to submit their orders, we'll see a lot of that money basically go. You know what? I'm good. Let me just. Get I, I thought the same thing, Eric. I, I thought the same thing, mm -hmm. uh, but I know how I felt, and I know that a lot of my friends feel the same way, and mm -hmm. people that drive pickups. Um, so I don't want to say that there's hope, <laughs> but I know that because of, of the way that I changed my, and it's not because I'm just a Tesla fan. That is not why I changed my mind. Um, I changed my mind because I saw the utility of the vehicle. Like I saw myself riding in the dunes in Pismo beach in right. California, um, with it and people going, what is that? Mm -hmm. You know, and just because of, uh, you know, the, the rust factor the you know, the price of it, I like the Rivian. I like the way Rivian looks. I like the Badger too, which I don't think's ever going to exist. But <laughs> oh, that's a discussion I, for another yeah. day. Oh my god! I like I like those trucks. I think I hope they do well. But um, I I think the problem with those are is the price. It's I think they're not going to be able to get the price down low enough. To me, the Rivian is really nice, but it's more of a uh, it's like luxury. a Cadillac of yeah luxury. It's a truck. luxury. Yeah, where Cybertruck territory. Exactly. Yeah. The Cybertruck is more of just a down and dirty, uh, you know, get in the mud and, you know, get dirty type of vehicle. That's what I plan. And that's what, appeal, that's what appeals to me. Yeah. So when I started thinking of it in those different terms and thinking, oh, man, this is really cool to be able to lock the vault, you know, and completely. The vault is a game know, changer. With that built-in tonneau yeah. cover, that's a huge deal. I, I mean, think. I can't wait to see people that you're going to have people welding onto the metal. I can see that welding. 
putting racks and welding stuff onto the frame or onto the out exterior. I could see all that kind of crazy stuff that most of the time people don't really do that. Mark, I wanted to ask you, you kind of going back to your experience of being at the museum and actually being around the truck, I'm assuming you spent quite a bit of time around it. Oh, I was, yeah, like at least an hour. Okay. At least. So, I mean, you could only do it for two hours. Okay. So the, the my, whole tour is, I mean, not tour, but you could only be in there for two hours. Okay. So my question is, other than looking at the truck, did you hear anybody around you comment on it or what they thought about it? Did you ask anybody? Did you, did you hear anything? I did. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I, I talked to at least five guys that, that were kind of the same way that I was. Uh, they're bending down. They're looking underneath it. They're like, you could tell their minds were just blown. They weren't wearing like Tesla hats. You know, I just think they were just guys. there for the music. Yeah, just regular people. Um, I don't know for sure if they were Tesla fans or not, but um, they they were saying the same thing. Like, this is crazy looking. Like, this is this is cool. Like, now, and so I was like, what? Was, was anybody asking about? Is this a production car or is this just a or, or is this like a concept type of thing? Like I, I uh, want to know like how many people mm. kind of realize that this thing is actually going to be in production. <laughs> I ta- I talked to one person that said um, he walked up and he said this looks like Blade Runner. I wonder if they're going to make this. Uh-huh. And that's the only comment that I heard. And I looked over at him and said, oh, "This is going to be made like next year, probably." And he's like. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like the look of, okay. It wasn't, um, but it wasn't, I didn't hear a lot of people say it, but I did hear one. You're you're right, Trevor. You're going to hear a lot of people. Uh, they don't realize that this is going to be a, an actual car, an actual car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would have this... loved to bet. I would have loved to have been at the end of the line with a clipboard and then just asking, Ooh, yeah. you, you know, like, what'd you or think? Just surveying do, it. Do, yeah. yeah. Like doing it at, like an exit survey type of thing. Not for well, Tesla's benefit, so, just for my own, right? I can tell you this. When we walked in, um, the whole – when as soon as you walk in, the si- you could see the Cybertruck right there. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all open. Well, I saw some later pictures. I guess they changed it either the, the day after or the, the day after that, that we were there. We were, we were there on a Friday. I think it was the 26th, I think. Um, but now, I guess that whole – this whole last week, they put a black curtain up because when we left – people were gathered around it. Like, I think they were, it was keeping people from, because people that were just coming in were stopping right there, just like, what in the world? Yeah. And so they put a black curtain up. So I guess it makes you, you know, walk around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's, there was interest. Go ahead, Ian. You, it looks like you had a question there. Yeah. And I'm probably repeating something from, from the last time we had Mark on, but to me, the, the dark matter of this whole equation is the commercial value of this truck. And I've always said businesses look at hard numbers. They don't care, you know, if it's, you know, zebra colored or is, you know, looks like SpongeBob. It doesn't matter to them. They're operators. They're commercial operators. It's like, how cheaply can we get our goods to market? You know, what's the cost per mile of this vehicle? In the same way, you know, that the semi is going to dominate on that. This thing is going to kill. Because, if you you know, you look at the basic truck at 39.9, whatever. And, you know, the fact that the electricity will be a quarter on average of, of the cost of the gasoline to operate a normal truck, the fact that there's no maintenance, they're going to go nuts over this thing. And so everybody's going to look at it like, what is that? Yeah. 
Well, that's the secondary yeah. benefit that, you know, sure, it, it, there's a great, we talked about that, you know, you can wrap it and do all sorts of cool advertising. Everyone's going to stare at the thing. So it'll definitely, you know, bring, bring, you know, eyes, eyeballs on your business. But I just think the bean counters are going to love it because the, yeah. the cost to operate it's so low. And we can never forget, that's part of the reason it looks so weird is they went for this structure, you know, with this exoskeleton structure is so bloody cheap to make because it's basically order a bunch of stainless, fold it, weld, next you know like that's that's how they got to those numbers they're going to have a hard time competing against it with conventional architecture you know this is this is going to be the challenge for anybody else that wants to go the the conventional route with a body on frame truck that looks like more normal like rivian they're going to be 20 30 percent more expensive out of the box because you just can't make it the same structure the same way so cheap i should mention I some, uh, hold on eric i should mention for those of you who are um who are interested i'll put a link in the video in the podcast description um, Trav DeRose on Twitter uh, was at the Peterson Museum, and I guess he took his, his professional camera and he took over 60 highly detailed pictures of all kinds of elements of the truck. And I've posted them on our forum. I'll put a link in the video description. You guys, I highly encourage you to go and take a look. If you've never seen the truck in person, these are really highly detailed images. All right. Having said that, go ahead, Eric. So I'm projecting today on July 5th, yeah, July 5th of 2020, that the Cybertruck will be Tesla's worst performing vehicle in terms of sales. The worst. Wow. Not, oh, not, by, a really wide wow. Margin, not by a wide margin. Book it. It'll, it. it'll be their lowest selling. And I'm talking even more. I mean, obviously, the Roadster is the Model S is currently. Oh, oh. You, if I'm, if we're talking total, Careful. <laughs> total number one, total number of vehicles sold over their lifetime. The Cybertruck will be the worst performing sale vehicle, other than the Roadster, which of course is just more of a cost. That's a different animal. Yeah, Model Model Y and Model Three are such massive successes for them because they are the traditional vehicle for each of the sectors that they're in. Right? We we talk about Cybertruck being totally different uh, because of the other trucks in the market because of how they're dominated. But we don't make the same argument for a Model Y that's like a compact SUV. We don't make the same arguments for a Model 3. Oh, and they've blown the numbers out the water for a number of different factors. I, and I understand the, the arguments made for all of that. But my overall contention is Cybertruck is a very niche, very specific targeted audience that Mark mentioned, which is for those who are looking for a utility vehicle that fits a very specific purpose for that particular owner. And it's more of the outdoorsy type. We've heard from friends of ours that are not sure this truck can fit in their garage, right? <laughs> so you already have a number of people who are like, well, if I can't get this in my garage, you know, even if they're saying we're going to make it, you know, 5% smaller, that's not a massive number when it comes to a vehicle that size, right? 5% is, a, we're talking fractional inches <laughs> at that. So if you already have a vehicle that can't fit in their standard garage, and even if it could fit in a garage, you can't fit two cars in there because of the width of this vehicle. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of great things that it has. I mean, you know, Ian's point about like how to fix the car. Like if the car ever had damage, well, you know, basically get a steel panel and you're good to go. <laughs> um, but I, but I think in terms of just how targeted that market is, and what Tesla has by and large tried to get into before, which is every other sector of electric vehicles. Uh, I, I don't see how this could be a, a top seller. For well, them. it remains to be seen. Um, I have a pretty good feeling our friend Raj bought a new house just to fit the Cybertruck. <laughs> well, the, the, it's the same size as, as my Ram. I mean, right. I looked at it when I was there. It's actually not even as tall as my Ram. Now that I put the 33-inch the tires on it, it's mm -hmm. the, at the peak, uh, it's still about an inch and a half to two inches shorter than my Ram. And I put my Ram in our garage right now with our Model Y. 
So, I mean, is it, does it take up a lot of room? Yes. Yeah. But, but if you can fit a regular truck in your garage, you'll be able to well, fit the Cybertruck. Well, you have to qualify that because you have to remember, I mean, if you look at an F-150, okay, yeah. you can buy an F-150 without the crew cab. Uh, Cybertruck's six feet, sits six people. So it's, you got to look yeah. at the crew cab version of those. Of those trucks. But most yeah. pickups now are crew cabs. Yeah. You don't yeah. see mm-hmm. any of the shorty cabs. That's, that's an unusual one. Yeah. But yeah, I was always kind of perplexed by that comment. Um, well, it, it's not going to fit in my garage. I think that's coming from a lot of people who, who really want this thing and have never owned a pickup and then are suddenly sad to find out that it, a pickup doesn't fit in their garage. It's never well, fitting in mine. Not only does the Cybertruck <laughs> not fit in your garage, nobody's pickup fits in your garage. <laughs> right. it, it, it's kind of one of those things. So I, I think that that speaks to there's a large market. I think the initial market, and I'm with Eric on this one, and, and you know, I think we're all on the same page with this. The initial market for this thing is going to be the cool factor people, for early, sure. Early adopters. That's where it is. The, the question becomes, when that wears off and all the cool kids have their Cybertruck, is there a sustainable long-term market for traditional pickup customers? I think on the commercial side, there will be. So I'm curious to see how successful it is. I mean, I know it's going to it's gonna be... It'll, I, I'm going to wager against Eric, and it'll be a gentleman's bet, <laughs> that this will far outsell the Model S and Model Y combined. I'm not so sure it'll hit Model 3 numbers, but I don't think it'll be far off. I think it's going to be you, close to Do that. you think they'll sell 300,000 units? In the first year, yeah, for sure. Wow. Oh, yeah, I think the demand in the first year is going to be ridiculous. My I, question I, is I don't see term. that in the first year, yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be far off. I think it's going to be in that I, zone. I think there's an element of the Cybertruck um, that kind of limits its market in the fact that it's a unibody. Um, I mean, when Elon was soliciting ideas for the Cybertruck back in 2018, I jumped on there and I said, you know, try and make it so that you can sell it as a fleet vehicle, meaning sell it as a front without a bed on the back. So you can sell it to landscapers and, you know, and and those kind of guys. And obviously you can't do that with the Cybertruck, right? You can take a Ram or whatever and take the bed off and you can put, you can put the gut wagon thing on the back and you can do, I mean, but. I have a funny feeling like the, the aftermarket for things is going to be massive. Oh, no, 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 no. There's no, there's there, imagine the right. fun you can have creating no. like these yeah. weird, you know, like cyber caps that go uh, on the back and all these shapes, like the camper you know, thingies. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be able to do all sorts of it. Like, well, I can see. It, it's like, it's like when Apple works with their, their vendors, like, you know, once the, once the iPhone prototype is ready to go, they basically send the measurements out and all the companies come out, all the products. So come launch day, you can buy the phone and 150 kinds of cases and you can buy battery packs and you can buy cables and you can, all these different things i mean i i agree with you ian they're gonna have do it yourself uh, a very, kits. <laughs> uh, just all kinds of stuff based on the numbers that will come out early on uh you know floor mats and accessories for the trunk bed and all sorts of stuff oh well, there's no doubt. i st- but i i still think because of the way they're making the car there's going to be some limitations in terms of just how many products there'll be at the matter of there might be some companies that find some difficulty at first because if you can't get your hands in a truck to test it and because it's a very different vehicle, obviously, this is not like you're building for a traditional pickup truck. Like, you're totally revolutionizing how these vehicles are going to get made. Um, it's cool that they're doing it, but that's not that's not to say that every aftermarket accessory maker is ready for that kind of car. So then there might there might be some some issues early on with some stuff not working correctly. But I think long term, it's going to be an accessory maker that's going to find a way to just all of a sudden just that's where their money maker is. Right oh, now. yeah, there's definitely going to be. I mean, I've noticed some things in the Cybertruck and a lot of people kind of forget because it's easy to overlook. But if you look at the bed of the Cybertruck, I mean, it, there's T-slots yeah. built right into the bed. So, I mean, how many right. trucks on the market have that? Zero. 
Mm-hmm. You have to buy aftermarket stuff to do that. There's aircraft-style D-ring slots along the bed on the sides. How many trucks have that? Well, not from the factory. You have to you have to add that stuff. Yeah. So I think there's okay. lots and lots and lots of opportunity for doing things with the bed. And I think that Tesla, I mean, they don't talk about it, but I think they spent a lot of time thinking about what kind of things that we can build into the vehicle that that actually makes sense for the utility aspect of it, not so much... You know, oh, it's just another pickup truck and, and mm-hmm. thinking about that, right? Um, Tesla was, utility vehicle. Exactly. I think Mark probably nailed, you know, it, oh. I think Mark takes offense to calling it a cyber truck. It's not a well, truck. I think, I, I think it that vehicle, I right? think it's I think it's the cyber part, too. I think that they hurt themselves a little bit by you. by calling it a cyber. I know they're going into the cyberpunk and all that. Yeah. But traditional truck guys think that's gooberish. Like they think that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like that's dumb. If they just called it a Tesla utility vehicle, I think it changes the perception of what the car is or what the vehicle is, and uh, it just makes it. To me, it makes it cool. Well, I um, think, and I can't wait to see people drive this that have never had trucks. Hell, oh, yeah. call it call it the AF, <laughs> right? Like sexy AF. Like it doesn't like you don't. It doesn't matter what you name it. Like what does right. Model Y even mean? Right? It's yeah. just again, it's just right. a name. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if you called it AF and you wanted to find some way to make AF fit into what it does, like, you know, there's some obviously some ways you can work around that. But ideally, like whatever the name is, doesn't matter. It's just that the fact that truck is in there makes right. people think what a truck looks like and they look at that and they go that's not a truck well if it, other right. than the official name of it which by the way the truck will not be badged it won't even have a tesla logo on it at least yeah. you won't have to explain yourself yeah right <laughs> why is this thing is called cyber truck well do you see cyber truck anywhere on the tree you can call it what the hell you want matter of fact i'm going to put some different lettering on mine when i get it but if you order it, you have to go to the Cybertruck page. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and Model Y is just a remnant of Elon's twisted sense of humor as far as naming things. I mean, none of the cars yeah. are named Model something anymore, right? He's done with that. So they've had their fun. Um, Mark, was there anything else about the truck that you noticed that um, maybe you didn't realize when you'd seen um, it in pictures or whatever? Uh, the, the vault was part of it uh, because I never really saw it. Uh, good pictures of it mm-hmm. um and then i saw on the leno episode where elon was standing on the vault yeah strong and i looked up and i was like that's freaking cool like it's it's like it again it reminds me of a personnel armored personnel carrier mm-hmm. um so that was one of the things that kind of uh that i didn't realize how cool it was until i saw it and then i saw the little buttons where you open it and close it yeah. which is going to be interesting during winter for you guys, how is that gonna? If it freezes, uh, and yeah, we have our, we, yeah, we have our own set of issues, of course, when it comes to. I mean, this is this is typical Tesla designed yeah. in California, not quite yeah. so tested in winter climates, and we'll fix it as we go. I really hope they do their homework on this one. Yeah, know? I really, I really do. Um, but I could see it being very popular in winter climates, yeah. especially with those thirty-five oh. inch tires Oof. and just the way that it's the clearance it has and. I mean, it's a great. When I get mine, vehicle. I have. A, I already built. I'm already building a list of of different videos and things I want to do with this thing. When I when <laughs> I get it, I don't typically do stuff like that. I'm very off the cuff. But uh, this truck, I have a very long laundry list of things. Have you had a truck, Trev? No, have never had a truck. Um, never I, had I said an, Never had an interest in a truck. But this thing, uh, it appeals to me. I don't know what it have is. Have you driven a big vehicle like that? Well, I had a Model X. Remember. Yeah, I mean it's but it's yeah, bigger it's than quite Model a X. Big. Yeah, quite so, a bit. So I don't know. It's just, just I think it's I think it's the fact that 
we're dealing i think it's a chimera for me it's the fact that it's going to have the interior volume space in the cabin uh, similar to the model x which i really appreciate it gonna get the model x's windshield which i absolutely loved get the model 3 dash treatment which i love and mm -hmm. i get a really cool vault in the back where i can i mean lately because of the covid thing i've been doing nothing but home projects and all kinds of things and stuff and it's like i go to home depot and like god damn it why don't I have a Cybertruck? Because I have to throw this lumber in my car. I mean, you know, yeah. the Model 3 is my precious little thing. And the Cybertruck is like, wow, stainless steel. I don't give a crap. Just throw it in the back, right? So there's elements about that that just appeal to me, um, having a vehicle like that. Much to the point that when I get it, that's going to be my daily driver. Matter of fact, Model 3, we're, I want to sell the gas car. I want to get my wife to sell the gas car. And the Model 3 will be hers. Mm. And uh, the Cybertruck will be our main vehicle. Um, I mean, I've talked about it many times before. We'd like to get some kind of camper. I mean, this thing is ideal for that type of thing. So, I mean, I have a, I have a use case for it, and um, we'll see. I mean, I'm putting money aside to to be able to buy one, so we'll see what transpires. But I don't know. It's just just something about it that um, that that really appeals to me. And if Tesla does it right and they can pull it off. Uh, my only trepidation about it is much like anything else. I'm not really keen on buying the first production year of anything. <laughs> Let somebody else be the guinea pig, but uh, in this one, it's just like, well, I don't know. Other than maybe a little fit finish issues, maybe maybe it might be safe to buy this one. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I see a lot of people that are new new truck owners. I mean, on Twitter, uh, so many people are buying this that have never owned a truck. Yeah, and yeah. that's and, and it's well, it's not a truck, but you know, a big vehicle like this, and so. They're creating a new category. And I think if you can bring in to what Eric was saying, you know, if you can bring in some of those truck guys and merge them with these people that have never owned trucks or never wanted a truck or whatever, I can see the uh, the demand being pretty good. And I don't look at it as a pickup truck. I mean, I've, I've I just OK. Yeah. So it has a bed. Right. Close the vault. It's not a pickup anymore as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean the the fact that it, it has a bed doesn't throw me off in the least. It's just just okay. It's just another vehicle. Um, I, I'm curious how many of you think. I mean, this is the second car that Tesla's done with a stupid yoke, right? The aircraft thing. How, how uh, many of you? How many of you think that that's going to fly on this thing? It won't fly no. for off, off off road. You cannot use a yoke and drive off road. It's not going to happen. I think even Sandy Monroe mentioned it. You, there is no way you could control the vehicle or tow a trailer and try to back up with that. Good yeah. luck. Speaking <laughs> of trailers, um, one of the things that uh, cropped up in one of the images, of course, is that the Cybertruck right beside the license plate actually has dual cameras facing backwards. Now, there's been a lot of speculation, of course, is, uh, oh, what is this for? What is this for? My money on this is uh, for backup utility. I think that Tesla is going to build some kind of like uh, what um, pro, pro trailer backup or whatever Ford calls their thing where they put the little sticker. You can put these little checkmark stickers, check, or checkerboard stickers on your trailer so that the backup camera has something to measure so that you can actually steer the vehicle in reverse. So it, it helps you for backing up with the trailer. That's always a problem for a lot of people. Um, personally, you know, I think it's a feature they're going to add to autopilot or at least hopefully the basic autopilot. God, or, God forbid they add it to FSD. Anyways, <laughs> um, so that um, when you're trailer when you're trailering something, you put it in reverse. You you know the car can help you steer with that kind of thing. That uh, that's my hope, anyways. Um, that that speaks to me. <laughs> I think it's just a. Um, I think one of the cameras is for, for the backup camera, 
And I think no, one not, of the cameras is low. for the rear view mirror. No, the rear view mirror camera has to be higher because it's going to be obscured. So somewhere in that truck, I don't know where it is, but the backup camera is higher. I, I would take a gander mm. that it's, I don't know, somewhere in the peak of the car pointing backwards. It's got to be somewhere up there. It can't be down where the license plate is. That's why I'm thinking that the two cameras by the license plate is specifically for trailering of some form. Mm. We'll see. But that's just kind of my thinking um, on that point. I know you know a lot of people on, online have been talking about that, but that's just just thinking logically about looking how Ford does their system and how Tesla could do something about that. On you know, we're, we're talking about um, the number of people who might buy this, that they're, it's like Mark asked, how many people were first time, like large vehicle buyers like in this market? Um, and I kept thinking back to two things. Number one, you remember the hoverboard when everyone was like getting off the holiday videos and they're trying it out and they're falling and they're busting their ass over <laughs> and over again because they can't get a hang of this? There are going to be people who will buy this thing. That They'll be on the road driving at some point in the next three to five years. And you're going to be behind that person in traffic. And you're going to know that person does not know what the hell they're doing. This is the first time they've owned a vehicle that size because they can't turn worth a damn. They can't back up without like taking six minutes to get out of a parking space. They can't figure out how to you're park in a parking their space. Rims. It, it's going to, right? So that's that's the first thing that's going to be really annoying. Mark's going to, Mark's going to encounter one person in the first week and go, Honey, let me come here. Let me let me show you how to do this. Let me let me just explain to you how this all works, right? The big just, vehicle is hard to park. I mean, the people don't hard. realize in a, par- a Walmart yeah. parking lot. It's right. And I've seen people with moving trucks, like U-Hauls, riders, whatever, like, and they could get even like the ten footer, and they can't drive that damn thing. Like, <laughs> right. if you're well, just not a, if you're not accustomed to a vehicle that yeah. size, whether it's trepidation because you're afraid to scratch, crash, whatever it is, my rationale is if you're that hesitant driving it now. You shouldn't have gotten it. Like you have to, you have to like take a course, go learn, how, you know, find people who are truck owners and like, hey, can I learn how to drive your truck? Because if you can handle a freaking F three fifty, then you're going to handle a cyber truck no problem. If you can drive a moving truck while towing a boat in the back, like that's great. That's you want to understand how to drive these cars, and you have the window of time to do it. This is not this is like a PSA of some kind, but I just know that if you're if you've never driven a truck, don't just be like I'm getting the cyber truck, and when it gets here, I'm going to have a good time. You're going to be the worst driver in town. It, it, Learn. You, you just you just brought something to my I just thought about something. I'm gonna get a sticker put on the back window or somewhere on the thing and it's gonna say, Have you driven over a Ford lately? That's what I'm gonna put on the back of the car. <laughs> That's um, what I think is gonna happen in a lot of cases. I think people are gonna be running into people. Well, Elon was running over cones and stuff. You saw the video he's running yeah, over cones. Yeah, he was leaving <laughs> a Nobu, I think it was, or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, actually in my cyber truck, I've actually placed two reservations. One I've actually placed two reservations, one with FSD and one without. Now, I've ordered the all-wheel drive. I don't need the tri-motor or anything like that. Um, and I only did that to protect myself against potential increases in FSD down the road. Honestly, I don't think I'm going to buy it with FSD. Um, I, don't see use, I, don't, I don't see use for it on, on for my uses of the vehicle. Um, the basic traffic aware cruise control and the auto steer are perfectly good. Uh, keep in mind the minute you throw a trailer on that thing, you put it in trailer mode, you use you you lose auto steer anyways. So I I know for me for my uses, um, I don't think I'm going to to order FSD on the car, but I've placed two reservations just to protect myself, and then that way is when the time comes, I can just figure out well which one I'm going to go with, right? Because FSD just went up thousand bucks on July first, so and it's but Trev, you might you might want to consider getting the tri motor, my friend. If you're gonna if you're gonna haul a trailer. 
You're going to get about 150 miles of range. I I know, but I haven't disclosed how big of a trailer, right? (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not towing uh, an Airstream here. So I I don't know that it's just, it's just the two of us. So it'll be relatively small. Yes. I understand range. You can cut it in half. Uh, I I get those kind of things. I'm not particularly worried about that now that uh, the size of the supercharger network, um, especially the places that I kind of want to go. Um, that all of the new stations that they're building now are within 150, 160 miles from each other. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, the amount of times I'm going to be pulling a trailer are probably very minimal anyways. Mm. So, okay. yeah, it's not going to be like, oh, this is the only thing I'm pulling with it. Uh, and I have no plans on buying a boat. So I think I'm okay with it on that front. So anyways. Now, Trev, you just said something really interesting there. The auto steer will not work with the trailer. I mean, do we know for a fact with Cybertruck that that's not going to be sorted well, out? I well, mean, I'm just saying from what I know right now with Autopilot, if you buy a Model X, because yeah. I haven't tried the Model Y, but when you have a Model X and you tow something, you lose auto steer. How does the vehicle right. know you're towing? Because you put it in trailer mode. As soon as you plug something, yeah, when you plug something oh, okay. into the trailer yeah, hitch, it goes it. into yeah. trailer mode. And it says right, no auto steer for you. No auto steer for you. I got a funny feeling that'll be rectified on, on I would hope so. Well, think of how many people, and I'm that's number one on my list. Now I'm 10 years away. I'll, it'll be Gen 2 probably of this thing by the time I get one. But my plan is to get one and to, to tow a fairly big trailer with it. And, you know, that's going to be our retirement project because ah, we want to well, go all go. over North America with the thing. Sure. If I'm mm-hmm. going to be traveling thousands of miles, you bloody well believe I want auto steer towing a trailer. Mm-hmm. I, I got to think they're going to solve that. Now, maybe with the Model X, because it was designed primarily as a standalone vehicle and towing is just kind of a bonus um and and autopilot was in its infancy when that was developed but i got to think they're far enough along and it's going to be smart enough that it'll be able to handle towing a trailer better than a human would. well that's why i kind of uh, placed my bets and 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 ordered two one with and one without just to protect yeah. myself uh you know for price oh, smart increases, move right? 100%. but I, I got money that says this thing is going to be able to do auto steer towing a trailer well, that, that to me is like an important selling feature for it. Mm-hmm. You know, that puts it out of the competition by a long shot. Mark, any closing thoughts on the on the whole process of how you've come about? I mean, you, you know, you've changed your Twitter handle to a recovered Tesla Cybertruck hater. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're playing with it a little bit. That's all fun and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, on Twitter, I... Uh, yeah, I hammed it up a little bit. You know, I was giving people a hard time about the Cybertruck just a little bit, you know. Um, but I did really... It is the way I felt. I mean, I did not want no, to buy No, there's no it. doubt in my mind, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I did not want to buy it, but but now um no, it's 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 going to be in my driveway in my garage. <laughs> I feel like you've cheated on me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, you've you've changed, Mark. I don't know who you are. My my cyber husband has not gone for the cyber truck. It's not me. Know. It's not me. It's you. Clearly, clearly, clearly earlier. Clearly, it is. Yeah. Mark, did your uh, did your Model X um, go back after because it was leased, right? Did it go back yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It went, it went back. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a month after we got our Y. Okay. So now I'm just down to uh, the Y and the and the RAM now. The Y and the RAM right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the the Ram. Did you buy that, or is that at least? I bought it. Okay, all right. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I've got some people that are actually interested in buying it, and uh, I'm toying with the idea of getting another Model Three. Oh, I saw Ooh. that on Twitter. I was like, Mark, what you are you doing? That first here, folks. You're almost as bad as Eric Street there at Tesla Inventory, <laughs> buying a car and selling it three months later. <laughs> you know, it's it's guys. 
And you guys know because well, your you wife all have is driving Tesla's. the Y. Is that is that the reason? Yes, okay, yes. Right. My, that's my wife's car. That's our okay. family car. Um, when you when you own a Tesla and you drive a Tesla, it's really hard to go back to a gas car. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really hard I because know. it's just not the same experience. Mm-hmm. And and I love my Ram. I love the way it looks. I love not having to pay for gas because my work pays for it and all those kind of things. But that doesn't change the driving experience. And so. I, I don't know. I'm just toying around with it. I'm thinking about it. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do right now, but uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody who's out in the listening audience or the viewer audience has a Model 3 for sale, uh, you can always reach out to Mark Benton and uh, maybe might take you out. What are you looking for? Like long range or? Because you had an yeah, SR Plus, specifically, right? So... Yeah, specifically, I'm looking for a, I would be looking for a long range rear wheel Yeah. That's. I, I want the most efficient one that I can buy because I made the mistake by um, I wish I still had Vin 89. Yeah. I mean, that's really what I wish because that, that car would be perfect for me right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Andrew's not selling He's it. Not? No. <laughs> I've already had that. No. No, he, lo- he loves that car. I got 12698, but I'm not selling mine either. No, but mine's a long range. Mine's- <laughs> so uh, for our listening audience, um, in, our, in our online Twitter chat that we have, um, I call my car the OG now. It's my it's my pseudo nickname for my vehicle uh, because I'm the only guy in the group that has not done any modifications to his Model 3. Uh, so I call it the OG now, just just as a, as a side note. It's called Apollo still. It's still affectionately Apollo, but call that's funny because my car right now is the most riced out thing i've ever owned <laughs> i've never done anything like this in my car and it's just like oh, and that's a cool Trev, it, looks, do that. <laughs> it looks gorgeous oh thank it's you a beautiful car we, yeah. we haven't even had much of a chance to talk since you were down here how, how are you liking the new lowering springs? um i'm you know i'm used to it now at first it was a little weird i mean i've uh scraped it in a couple places a bit i i kind of anticipated that i'm used to the ride now i'm i'm very used to it i, I like it a lot why do you do this i know but it looks so damn good yeah. listen i shave because it looks better than if i don't <laughs> If I nick myself, it heals. I will say when you, this. When you graze your car's undercarriage, that's it. Uh, it is it was only this, and it was only a couple of speed bumps. Ask but, Ian that one time he parked in a parking spot yeah, forgot where yeah. the curb was, yeah. drives out. That that feeling of, oh, crap. And just, you know, thankfully he could fix it, but, like, that's on there. And you, just every day until you get it fixed, you just know that mark is there, like, ugh. No, you you should see my car on the lift. It has scars, boy. It's mm, it's it's seen things. <laughs> it's seen things no Model Three should ever see. It's got scars, I, I think boy. The most obvious. Who knows, who knows if some of those came on your road trip across Canada? Uh, some of them did. I did notice. I did notice that my car got a little bit more efficient. Yes, it should. Uh, that was uh, Kyle's yeah. big uh, move uh, yep. to set the record when he got his forty-six hour run going across the u.s was he he, he saw um, i forget he, he i think it was like in the three four five percent range by uh, it was, somewhere it was really in there because i normally my car um on hot days i'm driving around will average is even with the zero g's about 200 watt hours per kilometer i don't know what the math is in, in miles um and we just went to auto on back this past weekend and i was averaging 180 so it's definitely more efficient Wow, yeah, and that was that. that was with the second. Are you very aware? What's that, Mark? Oh, I was just gonna say, are you are you very aware of 
it being lowered now? Like, do you find yourself thinking about it more when you're coming up to curves or going over speed bumps? And- oh yes, I'm careful about that. I I, I know. Yeah. I mean, I expected that, and and that's fine. I'm I'm adjusted to that. Um, when I'm driving it, um, it feels great. It feels more planted. Um, yeah. It it I don't know it and it looks dope. <laughs> it looks really good. Uh, I have you to thank, man, because Marky did it to his car way back in the day, and it looked really, really good. So, no, I'm very happy with it. It, it turned out well. Um, like I said, I, I'm just just used to that. But I did notice an efficiency gain on it, which was noticeable. So, I mean, I have to do some more trips to really verify it. But uh, that was, I mean, that was about 400, 400 miles each way to do that. And uh, I noticed it. And that was with a full load. So we had, I mean, we were packed to the gills. We had the cat. We had, my wife was with me. And it was efficient. So, yeah, I was happy about that. So nothing wrong with that. Well, I think we should call it a night, guys. Uh, We've uh, had a good talk here with Mark. Um, So thanks for coming back on the show again, Mark. It's nice to to hear from you again. And... um, Oh, he saw the light. <laughs> and anybody's out me. there, hey, anytime, buddy. Listen, if anybody's out there, uh, hopefully Tesla does bring the Cybertruck around so everybody gets a chance to see it in real person so that you can make up your mind whether you love it or hate it. It's not for everybody. We totally understand that. But um, yeah, it's always fun to talk about this stuff. So, Mark, since you're our guest on the show, what do you want to plug? How can people reach out and talk to you? Uh, you can just follow me on Twitter. Um, my name is M A R C B E N T O N. And uh, I've also got a small YouTube channel, too, that I film. I've been doing some Model Y stuff and uh, things like that. But, yep. yeah, mainly Twitter. <laughs> I, I post a lot. Yes, I see that. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, gentlemen, Eric, where can people find you if they want to have a chat with you? If you guys want to say hi, uh, which, you know, most people don't even care. But if you do want to say hi, you want to say hi to me on the Internet, uh, you can find me on Twitter. The handle is ECFIX, that's E-C-F-I-X. Normally, I have it here uh, in the box below me, but uh, this time I'm still focusing on the Black Lives Matter movement, so hashtag Black Lives Matter. Thanks so much for that. Um, but I also want to say, most importantly, um, we just celebrated Canada Day on July 1st. Happy Canada Day to my brethren from the Great White North. Uh, and we also just are, we're taping this right after uh, Independence Day here in the U.S., um, the one thing that I'm reminded of uh, in this weekend of celebration uh, for our country's births is the freedoms that we have. And I know that there are a lot of people who uh, day in and day out don't have the same luxuries that I myself might uh, encounter in my daily experience. Uh, the most important thing is that wearing a mask is not infringing on your freedoms. Uh, it's about protecting yourself and those around you. So if you love your neighbors, if you love your family members, if you love complete strangers, um, if you're going to leave your house, wear a mask. But if you can stay home, please stay home. Uh, right now, it's all about making sure we're taking care of those who can't take care of themselves uh, by not getting them sick, not spreading this virus. Uh, it's pretty nasty, uh, especially like in states where I'm at here in Florida. I live in Palm Beach County. And the numbers are crazy. So, uh, yes, if you can stay home, do so. But if you have to go out, please wear a mask. Uh, do it for America. Do it for Canada. Do it for everybody. Uh, it's the least you could do. Right. Ian, where can people have a chat with you? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me. The handle is um, at Ian Pavelko. And if you are looking for something in Teslaware, of course, there's always my little uh, Teespring shop, uh, the Evolveware, which you can just go to Teespring, T-E-Spring, all one word, dot com, and search Matt Hungarian Evolveware, and you'll find my line of uh, Tesla Evolve shirts. And um, that's about it. Excellent. 
Well, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter. The handle's uh, Tesla Owners Online. And don't forget the forum at teslaownersonline.com. The best place to be talking about all kinds of stuff, including the Cybertruck. Right now, lots of activity in the Model Y movement because, uh, hey. That's what that's, I forgot. That's the big one that's coming out right now. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Um, you know, go to our YouTube channel if you want to watch the video and see the pictures that we uh, produce. Otherwise, I mean, just subscribe to the uh, podcast on any one of the players that you like, iTunes, whatever the case. Hey, I should mention, too, if you like the podcast, hey, take a moment. Go to uh, iTunes and uh, give us a give us a little some, some feedback, whatever. Give us some love over there. Uh, it always helps with the numbers, uh, pushing up the rankings and stuff because, um, you know, we like doing this. We do it for free. But it's kind of fun to get a little of, uh, little feedback let us know what you think. And by the way, great video with Ken coming back to do the Model Y yes. reveal. That was awesome. Ah, uh, well, I'm glad you like that one. Yeah. yeah. No, I talked. I talked to Ken quite a bit of time ago, and I said, "Hey, let's get back together. Let's do something about the Model Y as soon as I get my hands on one of them." And he was all over it, so we had a great time. And I want to say thank you to Sam out there who uh, loaned us the very first yeah. Model Y delivered in Ontario. So we had a great time. It's a great car. Go check it out. Um, the only thing I'd like is the white interior, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening and watching, guys. We'll talk to you next time, and uh, have a good one. Bonsoir tout le monde. What he said. Yeah. Mark's a traitor! <laughs> Dude, we're like the Borg. We will assimilate you eventually. It's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>